What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 100. Finally, we hit game 100. Today I have, with me, I have with me Matt. Hello, everyone. And yeah, for this momentous occasion, uh, playing the 100th game for Phoenix Down, uh, we have decided to go with one of the biggest classics of all time. Yep, and one of my biggest uh, oversights, if you will, or gaps, if you will, in games that I've played. Uh, so I... You know, we went through that whole <laughs> that whole list of trying to narrow down what game this was going to be. But, you know, even going into that, I felt like there was a good chance it was going to be this one. I did, too. It was <laughs> worth doing it because, actually, I you know, there's a lot of games on that list that I, I gave a lot more thought sitting down and actually pitting them up against other games. Right. Which one do I feel a, a need to play? That's, uh, that was actually a really good, uh, discussion there. Cause, uh, even though I knew what was going to win, uh, having, I don't know, just having them like, all right, you remove one, I remove one kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, game 100 is going to be The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Long time coming, that one. Uh, because uh, as everyone who has ever listened to this show knows, Matt has never played a Legend of Zelda game. Well, all right, to completion, I should say. Yeah, to completion, or even really to get to the meat of it. I've started a number of Zelda games, but I, you know, I'd say all of them have been zero to three hours, or one to three hours or so. I put into it. I've never really sunk into a Zelda game. Right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, uh, developed and published by Nintendo, as we all know, um, but uh, released November 23rd of 1998. When I, I, I saw that date earlier, and I, I'm still definitely wholeheartedly in that mindset where 2000 wasn't that long ago. Because when I saw that, I'm like, how did it, it didn't come out that recently? It can't possibly be 1998. <laughs> and then I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I guess I was, I mean, I, I guess I was just barely getting into high school at that point. Um, so I'm like, I, actually, it wasn't that recently. But, no. you know, when I hear 98, it sounds like about 2000, which sounds like, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, unfortunately, um, <laughs> uh, 2000 was 21 years ago. It's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, 1998, November 23rd, 1998, I had just turned 13. Mm. Crazy. So this was, oh man. So the, the, God, 1998, man. What a year for video games, huh? Because same year Metal Gear Solid came out. Same year Resident Evil 2 came out. Oh, some heavy hitters. Those are some heavy hitters right there. I This was right off the heels of Metal Gear Solid for me. Um, so let's just go ahead and get to our history. Um, I don't think I got this game 
right when it came out. In fact, this was a Christmas present. Mm. So, as we've said before, back in the 90s, you got about two games a year. Yep, uh, yeah, you hope they're good ones. <laughs> yeah, one for your birthday and one for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and my birthday, as we know, was Metal Gear Solid. And Christmas that year was The Legend of Zelda. Um, I played this game in 1998, uh, adored it. Um, this was like, how do I describe this? Because I have played Zelda games before, but I would say this is the first time I played a Zelda game because this was the first time I played a Zelda game and understood what I was doing. You know what I mean? Because there was only one real one before that, right? No, there was three before this. You had The Legend of Zelda on the NES. You had yeah. Zelda Two: The Adventures of Link on the NES. Then you had A Link to the Past, which was on the Super Nintendo. See that that that's where my awareness basically starts of Zelda is a link to the past. Gotcha. No, no. There's Link's been around for a long time. So much, in fact, that Link was uh, featured. If does sorry, I'm going to say, does anybody? Do you remember <laughs> the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Yes. Okay. So if you remember. On Fridays, rather than playing a cartoon of the Mario Brothers, they played a cartoon of The Legend of Zelda. And that was kind of my introduction to Zelda. I played, I know I played Zelda before. The reason why is because I remember when I was a kid in The Adventures of Link... I remember distinctly, if you die, it shows Ganon, and it's like a silhouette of Ganon, and it goes, he's like he's laughing at you, and that used to scare me as a child. Uh, Which I should say, there's actually four games in between this game. So there's four games before this, because we're forgetting Link's Awakening, which was on the Game Boy. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I played this game when it came out, or, or roughly when it came out. I didn't get it obviously day one, but uh, I do remember playing through this game, and this was a big strategy guide game for me. Because yeah, well, well, back in the day, you know, back in ni- the nineties. Strategy games were like all the rage because the the internet was kind of unheard of at the at that point. You couldn't just go to gamefacts.com and look up stuff. You had to buy strategy guides. And you know, a strategy guide cost you 20 bucks. But yep. like these like there there were two strategy guide companies out there that were the biggest ones. You got Prima, I always called it Prima, it might be Prima. You got Prima, and you've got um, oh god, what was it? You remember? Uh, Pr- Prima was the one that I only own, or I only purchased ever one actual strategy guide, and it was Prima. Really? What? Which? What was the strategy guide? <laughs> Crisis Core. 
Okay, Crisis Core. I I bought that game, started playing it, immediately fell in love with it, and then like went back a week later and bought the strategy guide. I'm like, I'm going to do everything this game has to offer. Okay. And it's a game I'd love to see remade, but that's uh, an aside. But the uh, old strategy guides... So you got Prima, or Prima, and there was another one that was like a big one that I can't remember who it was that used to do them. But uh, I did buy the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time strategy guide. And this thing, like these, like back in the day, these things were legit. Yeah. They were freaking like, you know, 200 pages, like... Full color with screenshots, complete walkthroughs of every area, where to go, what to do, who to talk to, everything. And I would go as far as to say, like, the biggest, one of the big man, what? Just, just thinking about that era in life and, like, the, the impact of magazines. Oh, gosh. Like, how, how often I'd be looking, waiting for, like, game pros and, you know the tips and tricks sections, and man, everything in there—that was the—that was the only exposure I had to it. I mean, I because I, I also grew up way out in the country, and so didn't really even have a lot of people to talk to about this stuff. So when when I would get a video game magazine, it was almost as big a deal as getting a new game because all all that stuff would be new. Yeah, everything in it would be new and and and, and worth exploring, basically. If so. I could. So when I was a kid, I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power. That was my mm-hmm. magazine. I was a Nintendo kid, never owned a Sega system or anything like that. And like that was my that that was my life force right there, you know what I mean? And I still have my first issue I ever got which uh, was the cover of it was King Griffey Jr presents Major League Baseball. <laughs> I subscribed to that issue and I did not stop subscribing until after the it was after the GameCube was had come and gone. Oh wow. It was, Do you still have all those issues or I, just the first one or I still I just have that first one. I for some reason I kept that one. I <laughs> don't know what I did with the other ones. They may still exist somewhere. Probably at my parents, but I get the feeling they're gone. Oh yeah. But I remember the spine on them would create like if you put them all together they would show like Nintendo characters <laughs> like all through like I, I had I was a subscriber of that all through the N64 all through the GameCube era um, and that was like the, everything I needed to know right there yeah and, th- and that's cool because that, that's such a huge piece of gaming history that I missed uh, was all of those early Nintendo consoles essentially all of what many people would probably consider their most formative consoles, like I, I missed all of them. I, the first Nintendo console I ever had when it was relevant is the Switch. Man. I've never had one when it was like the current console, or within the first couple of years, anyway. And is that just because you were a Sega guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess growing up, I, aside from the very limited exposure we had to some some PC games 
growing up, and uh, I do have fun. I've actually spent many times in the last week trying to find a couple of those old PC games, and I, I haven't dug deep enough to uncover them. But uh, you know, after that, there was just real sporadic hits. I remember uh, a babysitter once had an Atari that I got to see, but had only spent a couple, like a handful of hours playing the Atari. And then my first real exposure was the NES because my my cousins had it, but we didn't go there very often. And then when I, when I got my first console, it was a Genesis, and then I, I was basically Genesis into PlayStation since then. Um, you know, I had friends with Super Nintendo, so I, I had... Some exposure, but very limited exposure to that. So I, I was never, you know, immersed in that ecosystem. Definitely never owned a system. Definitely never uh, subscribed to Nintendo Power. So I, you know, I, I didn't get that almost that that reinforcement of right. here's the cool new game and here's all the details and reasons why it's cool and you should spend more time in them. I remember seeing footage of the. Beta, or it might have even it might have just been like a preview um, video of Ocarina of Time before it came out, and it was showing Link fighting something. It might have been Ganondorf, I can't remember. But um, and I was just like, "This looks real. This looks awesome. Like I cannot wait for this." Yep. Um, and that was like, I have to get this. I remember, um, they, it, like, this game, Ocarina of Time was so big that, like, you, you'd see commercials for it before movies. Like, I remember, I can't remember what movie I was seeing, but I, I distinctly remember the the commercial that played before a movie. I was in a movie theater, and it was showing the the gold cartridge version yep. of, uh, of Ocarina of Time. And That's was, what I'm looking at right now. It was uh, it was a limited edition, and I remember the uh, the slogan was, "Ye snooze, ye lose." <laughs> and I said, "I have to get that, Dad." And Dad's like, "I don't even know what that is." So uh, yeah, played this game right when it came out. I was addicted to it for a Straight long through. time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dude, when you're a kid, you only got one game. Yeah, that's all I had. In fact, I I want, I want to say I probably played Zelda and I played Zelda like ninety eight through ninety nine was Ocarina of Time, Resident Evil two, and Metal Gear Solid. Like those were the three games I put the most time into. Then uh, in the year two thousand, a little bit later on, there was a little game called Diablo two that came out, and it took over my life for about a year. But uh, yeah, that's uh, man. Those are some good memories. Uh, and what we'll get into, I still have a lot of those memories because <laughs> I'm like, I totally know what to do here. So, how about your history, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I, I I feel like with this game, I was always the outsider looking in at it, um, as with most bits of Nintendo at that time and throughout those whole console generations. But, you know, th this in particular, I mean, my, my two highlights there, you know, with the, the first time I saw Mario 64, I mean, that was just, 
revelatory, right? It was it was hugely game changing in the way that those games control and, and how fluid they can be and the movement, the brightness, the characterization, all of that. And so I'll, I'll probably never forget those first first impressions of Mario sixty four. But then, you know, but this this was there in and around there. Like I. I remember seeing this game. I feel like the only thing I actually remember seeing or, or playing momentarily is, is really the, the very beginning before you even get to the tree. So I, I can only imagine at this point that it was that, that it was at those setups they had where they, the TVs were just pointed down at you, like in Walmart and EB games where you could just like, control the games are already loaded and you can just kind of play them in the game stores i remember those yeah so i i I think i must that's probably the only time i ever had any hands-on contact with it i never obviously played the game and to be honest i don't even think any of my friends I, i guess i really only had one friend that i spent time with that had a 64 and i don't think he ever had ocarina of time wow so i mean i i my my one easy opportunity into playing it I didn't have, you know, couple that with the fact that at that time I, I wasn't really playing RPGs because even on, you know, even on the PS one where there were RPGs and that I was a hundred percent invested and I still wasn't playing them. You know, I didn't even play final fantasy seven really until I had that one friend that did play it. And, you know, I just watched him play it so much. I'm like, this is really cool. And this is, way different than twisted metal which i seem to spend all my time playing <laughs> so so you bring up the uh, a big question that i've always asked and i'll ask you and i'll ask all the uh, listeners out there as well you said you've never played rpgs before do you consider the legend of zelda an rpg um Probably. Uh, let me get farther into the game before I answer definitively. But I, to me, it feels like an action RPG. Okay. I I'm definitely. I'm, I'm. I'm gaining skills. I'm gaining life bar. You know. I'm. You know. There's a big open map and world to explore. So it does feel like an RPG to me at the moment. Okay. I uh, definitely on the action side, but I, I would probably call it an action adventure game. Rather um, than an action RPG? Though, yeah, because I don't know. Like I, uh, When you say RPG, I feel like there you're has... Stat points? Yeah, you're missing stat points, I feel like. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that up to, to the, the, the listeners and, and to ourselves. I, I personally do not call Zelda an RPG. I, I think it's just an action game. Hmm. Um, with like puzzle solving elements and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. So no exposure really to Ocarina of Time. Yeah, really just watching and playing the absolute beginning. But, but at that time, similar to Mario, still being just really impressed with, I, I, I guess the immersion and the, the, the 3D-ness of it. And I, I was used to very flat games and what a, to be honest, pixelated mess. A lot of those PS one games were, yeah, you know, and as, as great as they were at some things, this type of game where you're manipulating 3d objects just really wasn't possible. So it, it was, 
it was like a cut above what I was used to in video gaming, and that was just impressive. Right. The um, I remember the 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 big thing that kind of blew me away was the day night cycle. Yeah. In, in in this game, I was like, oh wow, they they're doing day night cycles. I mean, back then it was just like, oh, it's nighttime now. Oh, you can't do certain things at night, like uh, go inside the castle where it's safe. Yep. I still I still get rather impressed with that in games and you know I I was somewhat shocked to see it in this game to be honest. Yeah. Uh this did it way before Shinmu did. Yep. So uh but yeah. And the fact that it's not just like you enter a new level and it's night and then you, you know, it cuts to the next morning and it's day. Like right the the day night cycles are happening around you. I was I, I was rather shocked with. Yeah. Well, if you play the sequel of this game, <laughs> Day-night cycles play a very important part. <laughs> uh, Majora's Mask, you have three days to beat the game. Otherwise, hmm, game over. <laughs> but uh, you you have to constantly go back in time. But, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess we'll just go ahead and get started in it. Uh so, Matt, you, you said you were going to play the first beginning parts of this game on the N64 and then switch to the 3DS version. Yes. Did that still happen? That sort of happened. Oh, okay. So, I I did start this up. I've got my N64, and I've got Ocarina of Time, and I missed them all when they came out, but I am a... 30-something-year-old male, and I finally acquired an N64 many, many years after the fact, obviously. And Mm -hmm. so, like, I, you know, I have it all set up, and I... This is the one game that I have wanted to play on the 64. I have a bunch of other ones. We've we've taken a number of attempts to play GoldenEye in the past year that have met with (laughs) minimal success, I would say, because the game's a little hard to control. But I, I figured something like this that's you know, so well-renowned that it's more of an adventure, I could do it at my own pace, would be something that I could still sit down with. And and, and that, that's generally the case. But I, I just wanted to start there because I've been building it up mentally for so long that I'm finally going to play Ocarina of Time and I'm finally going to play it on the N64. And then knowing that we were going to do it for Game 100, I, you know, I kind of said, well the pace that I would probably get through it on the 64 would take me a year to finish it. So I really want to play on something a little more compact, a little bit more portable and yada, yada, yada with the 3ds version. But I did still want to start it on the N64. So I, I did start it up and play it on the 64 and I was just going to play through kind of the first hour or so and then switch over. But as I was watching it, I, I kind of decided I wanted to go back and forth a bit more. So I just kind of, bounced back and forth. Really, it was like 10 minutes on one version, 10 minutes on the next version, just to really pit them side by side more. Um, and it's functional, but that, you know, after an hour of bouncing back and forth, I basically just said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue this on the 3DS. I'm, I'm glad everything works on the 64. Um, you know, maybe, maybe once this game's more second nature, I'll come back and you know, put a little more time into it just to to see how more of it compares to the 3DS version, but I'm going to put more time into the easier-to-control version 
essentially. So you feel and like, a better looking version. Yeah. So you feel like the this N sixty four one was difficult to control. A bit difficult to control. Gotcha. I mean, I I think everything is with that N sixty four controller, but I I feel like with the N sixty four, I I haven't played the N sixty four in years, but I get the feeling that. On the N64 version, you have to use the Z targeting. You have to. Yep. Um, with the 3DS version, I feel like it makes it easier, but I don't have to to be successful. Yeah, and I'm also yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around these controls in general, and then matching it to the control scheme. Right, the 3DS just controls differently, as you just said, than the than the 64, you know, the, the holding of it's different. The, the interactions with it are a bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, the 3DS, you're actually using motion controls and stuff in parts. And so the, you know, the way it plays feels quite a lot different. So uh, they both seem functional, but I, you know, uh, of the two, the 3DS is, is certainly easier. The biggest change that, uh, to me as a veteran player of this game having your inventory on the bottom screen and not having to go to a menu to pause the game and go to a menu and everything like that is going to be a godsend later on. Yeah, I can imagine. There are dungeons in this game where you're going to have to switch between certain things, particularly boots and... Going back and forth through menus constantly will drive you up a wall. (laughs) But we because it's cumbersome even on the 3ds. It can be yes, but but yeah, I can imagine it was much much more time consuming on the the, 64. The the thing is is that you can easily press on the the touchpad at the bottom and instantly switch to something. That is going to be a game changer when it comes to actually doing something. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I've heard, I know you've heard of this as the most notorious thing in The Legend of Zelda, the Water Temple. Yep, that's all I know. I don't know what about the Water Temple, but I've just heard that location is is hard. Oh, it's been so annoying. It is, it is nightmare fuel especially for somebody that has played through this game three times. This will be my fourth time going through it. And is that figuring out what to do in the water temple, or is that just the actual execution of what you need to do? The actual execution and where to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> So, so far we've only done the dungeons that the, these are babies first dungeons. Good. That's that. That's my level to start with here. Because, Intro to Zelda and yeah. Baby's First Dungeon. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Uh, the Water Temple is like... There's like four floors of the Water Temple. You're going in between the floors. Dude, you'll see. Don't worry. I, I've heard there's a couple of things they've changed in the 3DS version to make that easier. First being, you can switch between things on the touchpad, which makes it a lot easier. I think they've also done some markings in the actual dungeon itself to help you out. Um, but that has that has always been a, a big uh, time consumer right there, the Water Temple, which you, you'll see. Don't worry. Now, I'm trying not to look up. How, how many temples are there? 
How many dungeons are there? All right, so there is the three that we have done. Then there is seven more after that. And okay. The, and then the final dungeon. So technically eight dungeons are left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, let's go into the, the story a little bit here. You know, I was thinking there was a little bit more story to this than there there actually is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to say it like that because I feel like there's at least I know what I'm doing. Um, But I was just like, wow, that's that's the end of that conversation. All right. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Mario in that sense, right? You know, there's an overarching story. It, it's 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 more about goals than it is about, you know, nuance and. You know, it's not not that kind of story, right? So, um, yeah, let's start off with the long, long time ago. Uh, there were three gods that showed up on this planet and gave this planet life. Those three gods left a piece of themselves uh, in the form of a triforce, uh, and. Uh, whoever possesses this Triforce has the power of the gods, essentially. But there were three three gods altogether. One was the uh, god of courage, one was the god of wisdom, and one was the god of power. So, um, it seems that there is a evil force that has come from the desert lands that has come to try to acquire all of the power of the Triforce. Uh, we don't know who that is just yet, but we'll get to it in a second. Um, but uh, the the spirits and the guardians of this uh, world, land of Hyrule, um, are now figuring we need to kickstart the hero uh, the hero of time. And uh, they always said that the legends would be a fairy boy that doesn't have a fairy. Someone who lived amongst the fairy people, but never had a fairy of their own. And that little boy just happens to be Link. Or whoever you named him. Yep, I uh, definitely went with Link. Yep. I like that, that's a... Uh... A, a simple trope, right? Like there's, you know, there are multiple stories of people with peoples with powers. And then the one that doesn't have a power has to either figure out a way around it or gets it later. Right. I think there's a Jim Butcher series that does that as well. Codex Alera. You were speaking Greek to me, but yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, if, if, if this was the premise of a game today, I would say it's a bit simplistic. But, you know, flashing back a few years, you know, I'd say this is more kind of like prototypical, kind of iconic. This is, you know, a, a standard structure to find your hero, right? This is so the I, this is the staple in Zelda. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it at, at all in this game because it 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 feels like it fits. Yeah, it's it's always this 
hero who is unknown. Uh, legend tells of a a young warrior dressed in green, and that's that's always the case with Zelda, pretty much. But um, yeah, uh, so uh, we are introduced to Navi or Navi, however you pronounce it. I always called her Navi. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, Navi is a little fairy who is tasked by the Great Deku Tree of the uh, Kororki Forest. How do you pronounce that? I don't know how to pronounce that. Kokiri? Kokiri for- Forest. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been saying in my head, at least. He uh, sends Navi to Link to uh, get him to come to the, the Great Deku Tree, because the Great Deku Tree has a task for him. He senses the evil is approaching and needs to begin the journey. So Navi goes to Link in his home, wakes him up. Link doesn't want to get up, but he gets up anyway. And Navi's like, Hey, the great Deku tree wants to talk to you. And I'm going to be your little fairy friend. And I'm going to give you helpful advice. So definitely not the kind of game where this matters, but what was Link's, goal before he became the savior what what was he doing what, what was he going to do that day if he hadn't started on this mission I who knows Could go throw some rocks pick <laughs> up well, pick some 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 stones stones throw them around I don't know but we got more pressing matters to do so begins our first little adventure, puzzle adventure. Uh, in the town, the first hometown, I guess, um, the village itself, uh, we have to uh, go see the Deku tree, but we can't because there is a uh, little elf guy who is stopping us from uh, going to the Deku tree. He says, it's dangerous. You can't go out there without some weapons. Particularly, you need a sword and a shield before you can travel through the the woods here. It feels a bit self-important, self-righteous there. I I won't let you pass. Yep. So, we have to acquire a shield and a sword. Right away, I knew exactly what to do. (laughs) Like, exactly. This time you mean? Well, yeah. Like, like... Well, yeah, I just remember I, I pretty yeah. much the the next hour and a half. I remember like verbatim. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we have to uh, get enough rupees to buy a shield at the store. And then we have to go and get the sword, which is through this little maze area. Uh, that uh, allows us passage through the forest. Now, Matt, let me ask you this. Have you used a fact or a walkthrough your entire time playing? Yes. Okay. Did you use it here? But, well, I guess the entire time... Have I used it the entire time? No. I'm okay. trying to use it as little as possible, but I have had 
two or three points where I have not known what to do and I've had to look up what to do. Okay. Did you use it here? Uh, no. Okay. So you just did some exploring. Yeah. Talked to a lot of people. Yep. And then found the sword, I guess. Yep. And then went and bought a shield. Yep. So we get the Deku shield and the, I guess, is it Deku sword? I don't think it's Deku sword. I can't remember. But now we're able to go and... Kokiri, uh, Kokiri sword? Is it the Kokiri sword? I think so. Okay. Uh, and so now we are able to go through the forest to go meet with the Deku tree. Uh, and this is when we're introduced kind of to our first enemies. Uh, get a grasp of the combat. You can uh, slash with the sword. You can also block with the shield. Uh, and there are a few things you can do. You can side jump. You can do a backflip to kind of get away from attacks and stuff like that. That's pretty much it for right now. Um, there are a couple other things that we can get. We can get uh, the uh, the Deku sticks and the uh, Deku nuts. Deku nuts will do a little flash that can stun guys. And you can use the Deku sticks to, well, you can swing one. Uh, they break pretty easily. But uh, more importantly, you can set them on fire and use them as a torch. Which will come into effect a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, reaching the great Deku tree, he tells Link that he senses the evil is coming. Uh, who's going to take over uh, the powers of the Triforce. And we are going to be the ones to stop him. Uh, in order for him to uh, become strong enough to defeat this evil, he needs to acquire these three gems, sacred gems that have been passed down uh, through the generations that are for the basically the three uh, races other than the Hylians, uh, the three races, uh, the, the elemental protectors, if you will. And uh, one of them happens to be inside the Deku tree himself. Uh, but uh, he has been cursed uh, by this uh, evil that has come to the Hyrule land. And we must break the curse. So the Deku tree opens his mouth and we have to enter him in order to, well, lift the curse and get the gem so begins the Great Deku Tree Dungeon, which is the first dungeon in the game. Uh, as soon as I entered this area, I had instant nostalgia. <laughs> I was like, God, yeah. I remember everything about this. It was like I could do it in my sleep, dude. Mm. I was like, I know exactly where to go, what to do. I know what's up behind this door. It was crazy the amount I remembered. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, like, so when was the last time you played this game? Gosh, it was, it had to have been at least 15 years ago. Oh, wow. At least 15 years ago. I so was... I'm thinking of my my big games from this period, right? Like, take Resident Evil or, or, or Metal Gear, you know, I, I played those at the time, but I've kind of picked them up and 
played an hour here, played a half hour there many times over the years. So it, you know, it, it's almost a whole different experience to have a ton of nostalgia, but not have touched it at all since then. So I can't remember. I think I played the GameCube version of this game, which is like the Master Quest version. I didn't actually play the Master Quest version of it, but I played that that game on the GameCube. I think that was the last time I played it. That had to have been it. That I had to have been like fifteen years ago. It had to have. Yeah, I was in my early twenties, if I remember correctly. So. But yeah, I I guess because you know, like you, I would go back and play the beginning parts of of this game, and I kind of just had the beginning parts memorized essentially. Yeah. Um, just like how I have Metal Gear Solid memorized, but um, but yeah, I, I knew exactly what to do here. Did you use the guide for this dungeon? Uh, I don't think I did in this dungeon. I think it was after this dungeon where uh, I started to desperately need some help. Gotcha. So, um, the, the, the only thing I think that, that would probably have given you a little bit of an issue was knowing to jump and go through the webbing. Yeah, see, that that made perfect sense. But then when I tried that in a different game in the last week, it didn't work. So I was like, come on. This is obvious. When you get this high, you need to jump through the, the thing in the middle. Freaking Astro's Playroom. Astro's Playroom. You get to the top and you do not jump through the middle to get to the underground area. So, <laughs> you know, screw, you know, Zelda made perfect sense in this sense to me. And Astro did not. But, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Um, so we're introduced to a few things here. The first thing is how a dungeon's laid out. Um, Matt, you have played Zelda's before, and I'm sure you've probably been through a dungeon at least once in your life, but Zelda dungeons always kind of play out the same way. Yeah. There's always a map. There's always a compass. There's always a item that you get that helps you progress through the dungeon. Yeah, that's the key item of that dungeon. Yes. Uh, which the key item of this dungeon is the slingshot. Uh, the fairy slingshot, uh, which allows us to hit things from a distance. In the 3DS version of this game, you control the slingshot via the gyroscope. Yep. So you have to actually maneuver the the actual 3DS around to aim properly. To begin with, I said I hate this. I've gotten used to it. I actually don't mind it. Yeah, I didn't mind this. I it caused me to have one play session where I stood up the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just easier to move it around. Uh, but other than that, I was like, all right, you know this. It doesn't feel bad. It's not jerky. It's not, you know, it's it's not so prevalent that I have to play standing up, for example. So, I mean, I, I think it's implemented well enough not to be uh, a pain. You can also use Z-targeting 
to aim and shoot stuff. You basically always just aim where you're targeting. So one thing I should describe is the Z-targeting, which is not, I don't even think it's called Z-targeting in the 3DS version because you're not pulling the Z button. Yeah. But um, Z-targeting is essentially Navi will highlight an enemy or a object and Link is basically locked onto it. So he can either always have the camera on it so you can face it. He can attack in that direction. He can shoot in that direction. Um, if you hit, what, the L button at that point? If you hold the L trigger or L yep. button, yes. As long as you hold it down, uh, Navi will be flying around it and you can always aim at it. Yeah, because the first thing I had to learn in this game was that it didn't have kind of that one button for move or one joystick for movement, one joystick for camera. Yeah. Right? Now, obviously it doesn't, right? That <laughs> Neither of these systems have two joysticks, but... But just, you know, th this kind of a 3D adventure game, that's just, you know, my mental default. So I had to get very used to constantly pulling that L trigger or L button just to keep resetting the camera. So I thought it was interesting because that was just a routine thing I was doing, you know, all the time to then also use it for this Z-targeting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's how you played that game on the N64. Z-targeting was your best friend. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, but yeah, getting the, uh, the fairy slingshot allows us to hit stuff from a distance, uh, and we have to then get to the bottom of the Deku tree, uh, in doing so, we are able to then begin solving some puzzles. So the first part of the Deku tree is just you know, climbing up to those first few areas. No real puzzles to be said there. The bottom, the basement part of the Deku tree is where the puzzles start to play. So obviously uh, there is a little river that flows through. Um, you can't get wet uh, because, well, you have to set something on fire. So you, you have to figure out, all right, how do I get this torch on fire without jumping in the water? So you have to use the, uh, the Deku sticks light it on fire, make the jump, and then you can set the torch, and that opens the the door, I believe, or unlocks the door. Yep. Yeah, and that was another thing where, like, as soon as I see the cobwebs in front of the door, you're like, all right, well, I clearly have to burn them away. Yep. I was only, like, 98% sure that I could survive in the water. <laughs> uh, so, you know, at one point, like, I jumped in the water, I'm like, well... This could be like falling off a ledge to my death, or it could just be going for a swim. I'm not sure which yet. I'm pretty sure I can swim in this game, but... Oh, yes. You'll be doing a lot of swimming in this game. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, guess I had done that. But I, I had that same thought, I guess, back in the original village when I jumped in the water. Yeah. And that, that was another thing. Like, the, the, the auto-jumping when you come to edges took a minute to get used to. Yes. Because I kept wanting to hit a jump button as I approached the edge. Yeah, there is um, no dedicated jump button in this game. In fact, I think they didn't add a jump button to Zelda games. Well, I take that back. Link's Awakening had a jump, but you had to have an item to actually jump. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a feather. It was Rock's feather. Um, yeah, because I think that in like the 
constant Z triggers were the biggest things where I was like, all right, I, I this this controls differently than like a you know a tip like if this game were made today, it probably wouldn't do either of these things. So no. took took a little bit to get used to those kind of nuances to it, and then being like, oh, you can't you can't double jump, but you can use a chicken hop to go farther. Yes, later. So like you know it. it it's interesting because it's got its control scheme and then it works in its own workarounds and its own ways around what what might be limitations. Yeah, and that that plays a little bit bigger of a part later on. You get an item that prolongs your jump. Um mm. or well, I won't spoil it. But uh yeah. Is it a chicken with bigger wings? No, no it's not. But I tell you what, a turkey <laughs> if you if you want to have some fun uh pull out your sword and hit a chicken a bunch of times yeah i did that and <laughs> actually uh and actually i didn't swing my sword at it i was just tossing it around playing a little game of chicken ball and i tossed it one too many times and it got upset yep uh, i was not expecting that at all <laughs> that happens in every zelda game uh, they, <laughs> including Breath of the Wild, I have seen, I have seen videos of people using chickens on bosses in that game. Where really, yes, they 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 make the boss hit the chicken enough times to where massive amounts of chickens come and attack the boss and kill it for Link. That's awesome. Yes, uh, Breath. <laughs> I have to suffer the chicken storm. Breath of the Wild is basically the open sandbox of if you think you can do it, you probably can. Uh, it's crazy, the amount of details that they put in that game. But, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I was wondering if you were ever going to experience the the wrath of the uh, the cuckoos or whatever they're called. Yeah, inadvertently. Yeah. I wasn't sure what was going on because it, you know, it makes a bit of an angry sound beforehand. I'm like, hey, d- there's no way I could do this without tossing you around a little bit. You know, chill out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, saving, uh, going through uh, the, the Great Deku Tree doesn't take long. So, I, you remember I told you, I said, ah, the beginning parts of this game, like getting from from where you start as Link and getting through the first dungeon, I'd say probably about three hours, uh, more like 40 minutes. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, I got through that really fast. Um, but yeah, we have their, we, we have our boss, which, um, requires us to, um, take on, uh, gosh, it starts with a G Gamora. It's not Gamora, but, Goma. Goma, something like that. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, giant spider-looking thing crawls up on the ceiling. Uh, and in The Legend of Zelda, uh, much like other games, uh, if it flashes red, you attack that. Yeah. Um, so uh, its big eye flashes red, shoot it with a slingshot, it stuns it, falls down to the ground, you run up to it, slash it with a sword a few times, do that about twice, and he is dead. Um, at that point, you then uh, have the option. So that's uh, one thing that Zelda's always done is you have the option to take a new heart container. Uh, every boss. Wait, why would you not? 
Well, some people like the challenge. Oh, okay. There's a lot of people out there who beat The Legend of Zelda with three hearts. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so you can, uh, each boss drops a heart container, which you can pick up and increase your, uh, health by a heart. And, uh, then you get warped back to the, uh, to the entrance of the, uh, Great Deku Tree. Uh, the Deku Tree tells Link that uh, he has lifted the curse, but unfortunately the evil has already done enough damage to him. He will be passing away very soon. Now that the, the curse was basically keeping him alive this entire time. Uh, but he grants uh, the Forest Gem. I can't remember if it's the Forest Gem. I can't remember what it's called. but the em- Emerald. The Emerald, yeah. And says, okay, you need to go collect the other two. Um, but, uh, speak with, uh, Princess Zelda first. Uh, you can find her in Hyrule Castle. So you're going to have to leave the forest. So, uh, doing so, um, one of, um, uh, Link's friends from the village, uh, I've never known how to pronounce her name. Saria? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, she, uh, she sees, notices that Link is leaving and, um, gives him, uh, something to remember her by, which is a, uh, ocarina, uh, a little wooden ocarina. And, uh, we leave for, uh, Hyrule Field. Uh, this is when we, this is, this is where I started to need to use the guide. <laughs> you, you could, you didn't know how to find, uh, Hyrule castle. No, I, I could find the castle, but everything else about getting in and, uh, Sneak the around. one thing. So the one thing that I definitely felt like I was missing was a, a little mission log that says you need to do this. There is a button on the bottom of the screen that is dedicated to Navi. Hit that button, and she will tell you where you could probably need to head next. Uh, does she give any clues? I don't know. I, but I, I do know that that's there. And sometimes you'll hear her say, hey, and it'll flash Navi for a little while there. That's yep. her basically telling you, hey, get back on your quest. You know, kind of <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, we also run into another friend, uh, the owl, uh, and he kind of gives hints on where to go next to. Is he a friend? Cause I've seen secret of Nim. I've seen a lot of these, you know, and from my childhood, owls were not usually good. <laughs> uh, no, no, this owl is actually really good. A good guy, <laughs> but, um, very intimidating eyebrows, but okay. No, they, he, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he tells us we need to head to Hyrule Castle. Uh, but we can only enter Hyrule Castle uh, during the day. They close up the drawbridge at night, keep the monsters out. And I feel like you can never make it to Hyrule Castle before <laughs> nightfall. In one cycle, yeah. Yeah, it's impossible, it seems like. Uh, but luckily, we learned something a little bit later on that uh, negates that completely. Um, but yeah, (laughs) 
but going into Hyrule Castle, we first go into the Hyrule town, uh, the uh, the village castle town. Uh, tons of people around. Uh, it's your standard kind of medieval town. Uh, there's shops that you can go to. Um, there's also a few places where you can spend your hard-earned rupees to play rigged freaking games, I'll tell you, because <laughs> I still have yet to do the bomb chew, uh, bowling properly to get the heart, piece of heart container. Uh, yeah, I need, I need to try it still. Yeah. I was able to do the, um, I was able to do the, the slingshot challenge. So now I can carry 50 slingshot shots, I believe. Instead of 20? Instead of 20. Yeah. Um, so I was able to get that. Um, there's also like a shop where you can buy a Hylian shield. Um, and they suggest you buy a Hylian shield for the next dungeon, but screw that because the Hylian shield, uh, it kind of sucks right now. I don't know if you bought one or not. Uh, I didn't buy one because there was a free one just up ahead. Oh, man. I think I completely missed that one then. Yeah, I, I went with the free one. Just, I, I also thought I was going to start saving up all this money, and I didn't realize it capped out at 99 You had to get bigger wallets, uh, which you can earn different ways. Everything in this game is an item. Interesting. It's it's that's how it's always been in Zelda. Um, you're constantly getting a upgrade or an item that allows you to progress. That's that's the name of Zelda, is items to keep going. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I would have to buy them, so I was stockpiling rupees in case I would, <laughs> and then was trying to figure out. I'm like, all right, I see the ninety nine on the screen. Where where are the rest of them? I'm like, oh, they're, they're just not there. Yep, can't carry anymore. You're too rich. Too rich. But yeah, uh, so uh, we have to go see Princess Zelda, which is in the castle. Um, we can't make it to the castle uh, because, well, there's a whole bunch of guards around and they're going to kick you out if they spot you. Um, so there is a couple things we have to do. Um, and this is one of those, I, I could see where a strategy guy could come in handy here. Because navigating, I don't think, is that difficult. Figuring yep. out what the hell to do once you make it to the castle, that's yep. a difficult I was just going to say that. I made it to the castle um, without issue. Yep. Even suspected that I couldn't walk behind the guards and I would have to float in the water past the guards. Right. But then beyond that, I was like, there's nothing to do. I don't know. I So I, that was one of the points where I just had to be like, all right, I give up. I'm going to... Look up the answer. So there is a sleeping man who is completely knocked out. He's supposed to be delivering milk. He is the proprietor of Lon Lon Ranch. And uh, he is so sleepy that he fell asleep. Uh, well, we need an item to wake him up. Uh, so Because he's in the path of a box I need to push. Exactly. So um, in order to do this properly... We have to technically get thrown out, or we can make it back ourselves. But uh, we need to get thrown out, and at the entrance where we can begin sneaking around again, uh, the man's daughter, uh, Malin, I believe is her name? Marin? I can't remember. Marin? Marin? Yeah. 
she's looking for her dad, and she's like, oh, here, here's a present for you. Melon. It is melon. There you go. And uh, she gives us an egg. Yeah, see, this was my problem, because I went back, I talked to her, I went all the way back to that guy, but she never gave me the egg. I, I must have, I don't know, exited the conversation too early somehow. But I, I definitely talked to her and did not have the egg by the, when I got to the sleeping guy, her dad. I had to go back and do it again a second time. And I was like, I I don't know how I was supposed to know I needed an egg. Because there's nothing about the sleeping guy that indicates you need an egg. There is nothing that indicates this. This is, especially with the earlier Zelda games, this is one of the issues is that you have to beat your head against a rock to figure out what you need to do. Because once you get the egg, you have to wait a whole day-night cycle. Yeah. The egg then hatches and is now a chicken. You walk up to the sleeping guy, hold the chicken out. It, uh, you know, like a rooster crows, wakes the guy up. And he moves. Yeah, that's pretty random. How would you have figured that out? That's the thing. But the thing is, is like I figured this stuff out when I was a kid. I guess I just had a lot more time on my hands back then. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I was going to say is I, I really don't want to try and speed through this game because I don't want to get impatient with that kind of thing. Right. I want to at least take a little time to beat my head against the wall to try and figure it out. Because I, I feel like bypassing all that is is going to detract, you know, obviously it would make it simpler and faster and easier, but I think it'll detract a little bit from the, the quirkiness or, you know, what, what it is that makes Zelda Zelda. And I, it's the kind of stuff that I normally, I think would just be like, this is stupid. I'm just going to bypass all of it. It's, pointless it's not really part of the story whatever it's i I don't need to do this but i in in this case i do want to spend more time with with this game and and at least attempt some of that stuff right that's that's totally fine i um to be honest i kind of forgot about this um feels like i remember more about the dungeons than i do the actual walking around from place to place um but yeah after we wake him up, he returns back to the Lon Lon Ranch, tells us, hey, stop by when you can. And um, now we can finally move those crates, allow us to jump across the uh, the moat and uh, begin our sneaking mission uh, past all the guards. Yeah, which I immediately had to again look up what to do. Because you know, I kept going into. I, I must have gone into that first section in the castle six times or so. Really? And there were two guards there, and I'm like, I don't have a lot of options here. There's two trees. There's a couple of boxes I can climb up and over. Do I have to climb up on the boxes and jump behind them? They're not moving. They have no movement pattern for me to wait until I can. You know, until they're a certain distance away or their back is turned farther somehow. Um, so the number of times I went in there and waited and tried to roll past them or jump past them or 
Yeah, and then the answer was just wait until nighttime. Yeah. Great. Thanks. So I, I I actually did it during the day. Were they not there? No. Maybe it was nighttime when I went in. Maybe maybe that was the case. I did it during the day, so I don't know. That's I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But eventually we make it to Princess Zelda herself. Um, she's there witnessing uh, a uh, an ambassador from the desert, um, a guy named Ganondorf, who claims to be um, wanting peace for the kingdom, but she doesn't Except believe. He it. doesn't look like a good guy. No, he doesn't. He he looks like an evil guy with a big nose. Yep. Uh, and she realizes that he is probably there for nefarious reasons. Uh, she sees Link and um, asks him, uh, now that he she has the um, one of the gems, the sacred gems, uh, to please collect the other and um, bring them back to her because she she realizes she needs to do something to stop this man from from doing whatever he's planning on doing. Um, so, and I should mention, uh, Link and Zelda both look like they're probably about nine. Yeah, I was going to say eight to ten. Yeah, they're 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 children. So, uh, yeah, we decide. Uh, okay, we'll help you. And um, before leaving, we run into um, Impa, which is the bodyguard of uh, Zelda. And uh, Impa teaches us a song that we can uh, play on our um, ocarina. Uh, so Zelda's Lullaby, which is a very important song that we would use throughout the entire game. Um. And that is basically a song that signifies that you are associated with the royalty that is Princess Zelda. Uh, we also get a letter uh, signed by Princess Zelda herself. And we are now going to have to go up to the Death Mountain to talk to the Gorons about getting their gem. So we then take off leave Hyrule Castle, leave the uh, castle town, and go to Kakariko Village. Uh, yeah, which is kind of cool. Even just the, the overall, you know, when you're out in between the areas is pretty cool because, you know, again, in my mind, at this point, a lot of the overworld maps were kind of flat and just with, you know, indicators on where each city was or each dungeon so to have this be its own kind of 3D world in between stages, you know, again, maybe today isn't that impressive, but I, you know, I, I didn't realize that you were kind of free to move between all these things, and it was almost like an open world game here, and uh, that, you know, that that surprised me a bit. Yeah, it most certainly is that that, and that was, dude, impressive when I was a kid. Yeah, like never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I, I, I wish I had gotten to like this point in the game at that point in time. 
and been able to see like what these open worlds were where you can actually see the the villages off in the distance and the mountains off in the distance and you know and walk to them i, I don't know it's i i was I, I was mildly impressed even now just playing it that you know the world feels better stitched together and less like these random places that aren't connected yeah but uh, there's a few things we can do in Kakariga Village. Uh, none of it is required. Um, but uh, there is one thing that I wanted to get, uh, and that is the Song of the Sun, because, holy crap, screw nighttime. Huh. Uh, have you gotten this, Matt? Uh, yes, but not until after... I had already gone through this section. Gotcha. I, I, I kind of came back, and at, at this point, I had a a bit of a snafu where I set my 3DS down for a little bit, and the battery just died over, what, a, a day and a half or two days, day and a half, however long it lasts. Right. Uh, so when I picked it back up, I, I had already gone through this village and done a bunch of stuff, so I ended up... Having done it once and then lost everything, re- restarted, did it all again. Then I went on and, and did the next section, went up and did the did the next dungeon, and then came back down and got the Sun Song. Gotcha. I think. So yeah, we get the Sun Song from uh, the ghosts that are in the graveyard. Um, there's also uh, helping the lady collect all the chickens. Yep. There's also some of those hidden hidden places in the graveyard where you can get that shield, as uh, well as heart container. Yeah, I, I didn't get the heart container or the shield. I had forgotten about that. So you 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 did it and had um, what's his name, the grave digger dig, and that's where you got him or no? Uh, no, you can pull back some of the gravestones. You can't do it when the the kid is lurking around. So I think it has to be at night when he's. I assume in bed. Right. Um, but whenever he's not around, you can go pull two of the gravestones back, and then there's just a little hidden room under them. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, so we got to show uh, the letter from Zelda to the guard that allows us to go up to the uh, the mountain pass. Yeah, that did some more backtracking here because he said he really wanted a mask. So I was like, all right, well, I know where I can buy a mask. Yeah. So I went and got him that that yellow mask. There you go. That is a whew, that is a long, long drawn out quest, side quest you can do. Uh where you get different types of masks and exchange them for other masks and stuff like that. Holy <laughs> crap. It that takes a long time. But um yeah. Going through the mountain pass, there's uh, uh, some new obstacles. Giant rocks are new obstacles in this game, and uh, we can't we can't do anything about them just yet, but we will pretty soon. Uh, after going up to the the Goron village, which are these rock people, um, they uh, tell us that um, well. Uh, the chief of the Gorons is uh, not very happy right now. Just not feeling himself. Um, 
And when you go talk to him, he doesn't want anything to do with you. Yep. So we have to cheer him up. Well, how do you cheer him up? And they said, well, there is a, uh, a song that he loves that comes from the forest. So we need to go play a song for him. And this is where I was like, I don't remember what I need to do here. <laughs> yep. I'm like, great. I have a song. I'll go play it for him. And he's like dancing around. I thought I, I thought I had satisfied him. And he's like, that's not the song I want. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we need to go get, uh, uh, another song, which means we need to go back to the forest and we need to go into the lost woods which I had completely forgot about um which I remember it a little bit later on mm-hmm. uh so uh yeah going through the lost woods we have to traverse this area uh if you go the wrong way you end up back at the beginning uh but you can figure out where to go by listening uh, there's music playing, and if you follow the music and it gets louder at a doorway or a pathway, that's the correct way to go. I thought that was kind of cool because as soon as as soon as I realized that's what I had to do, I assumed it was going to be very difficult to tell which of the three doors was the right door, but it it wasn't, you know. And and it it seemed cool just the the idea that you're following this this song into the woods. Sounds like a, a bit of a fairy tale, and uh, yeah, it just kind of worked. So I, I, I had some trepidation at this part, but it turned out fairly simple. Yeah. So we learn. Uh, we go and we run back into uh, Link's friend. Uh, how do you pronounce it again? Syra. Uh, Saria? Saria. I never knew how to pronounce that. I used to call her Saria, which I know is probably wrong. But, um, yeah, she teaches us uh, the uh, her song, um, which is the, the, I've always known it as the, the Lost Woods song. Um, and that's the song that we need. Uh, there's a nice uh, little... Uh, uh, shortcut here, if you want to take it, Matt. If you if you found it uh, through the Lost Woods, um, if uh, you take a certain pathway, you end up in the Goron Village. Uh, I was going to say I found a different. Well, I, maybe it was that shortcut, but I found it going the other direction. Where I, I just happened to walk through a door elsewhere and ended up back here, and I was like, "Nope, I, I already got sorry song. I'm not not looking to get lost in the woods again." <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I thought that was interestingly random. There's a, at least twice then that happened because later on we just happened to go through a door and warp elsewhere as well. Yes, yes, uh, we end up in a different area altogether. But uh, yeah, go back to the chief, play the song. Uh, that gets him in the mood. He is he is feeling good. He's pumped, and he appreciates uh, Link um, helping him out. Um, uh, the reason why he was so down was because uh, some mean guy 
showed up wanting the uh, the gemstone, and they refused to tell him where it was, and so he threw a bunch of rocks uh, in front of uh, one of their favorite caverns, which is where they eat the 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 rich stones. Which mm-hmm. is known as the 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 Dodongo Cave or the Dodongo Cavern, and they're like, "Well, it just so happens that's where the stone is." He's an idiot, but uh, uh, to help, uh, thanks to oh man, I cannot speak today. Um, <laughs> to give thanks to Link for raising his spirits, he gives him the Goron bracelet which allows him to pick up heavier things, uh, particularly uh, these plants that grow uh, in the wild around this area, uh, which is bomb plants. So when you pick up a bomb out of this plant, it uh, begins to tick down and will explode. We can then use those bombs to blow up the rocks that are blocking the second dungeon. And I, th- this is where I started to be like, all right, I, I really like that the items in this game are very multi-purpose, right? I like that you're using these to open up doorways to get to new sections. I like that you have to use them for puzzles. You can also use them as weapons, like this, the stick as well, right? Like there's enemies a bit later where I'm like, oh, the the Deku stick, I can use that as a better way to attack these enemies in addition to using it as a torch, right? I, I like that at least these two, you know, because there aren't... Uh, a thousand weapons in the game so far, but I like the ones that are there. I like that they're uh, kind of multi-purpose and used in interesting ways, or at least different ways throughout what we've played so far. Yeah, absolutely. And they do a really good job with that stuff. Um, so yeah, we go into our second dungeon, which is the Dodongo Cavern. Um, I remember some things. <laughs> I don't remember all of the things. Uh, particularly the last little puzzle that we have to do. And I was like, oh gosh, man, I completely forgot about that. But, uh, yeah. So the, the big item in this dungeon that we get is, um, bombs. We can, we can, instead of having to worry about, uh, the flower bombs that we use, we can now use regular bombs that we keep on our person and we just pull out. Which means, yeah, you don't have to be within a 12-foot proximity of a bomb flower. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Um, Tell me your experience with this dungeon, Matt. Um, Well, I mean, I I did kind of have a fact through this, so it wasn't terrible, but I, I I thought that the lizard warriors were going to be worse because of how quickly they were hopping around. Right. I, I expected to get knocked off a few times. I expected when I saw there's a part with like armored alligators in it. I expected when I was in those areas that I was going to have to sneak past them. But you, you basically, it feels like in this game, you're essentially equipped to do what you need to do. Um. So I I don't know I, I didn't I didn't have a ton of problems executing what needed to be executed here. 
there was a couple of parts where I was just like, I, I don't really know what I need to do, but the, the fact kind of sorted that out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, I didn't use a fact throughout this dungeon until the very end. Because most of it is straightforward. There is a very little bit of backtracking in this one, but not much. We start to get into the backtracking in the third dungeon. Yeah, there was the part, like, the, the part I remember the most not knowing what to do is when you need to, like, drop the bombs in the in the eyes. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. okay, I know on the map where the boss is, but I don't know how to get in there. And yep. they said, and it, I remember it was, like, the little stone that tablet that tells you uh, it, it opens its mouth when its eyes are, are, are red or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? Yep, and I had been down on that center platform like four times, and I'm like, "All right, I, this is you know, this is where I enter from. How do I do it?" Yeah, and that's when I was like, "All right, screw it. I'm looking up the fact. Look up the fact, and oh, you got to drop bombs down into it's like it's like it's like a big face, like a skeleton face. Yeah, that um, there's these two sections of a bridge that are over the face, and if you drop a bomb in those two sections that are missing, the bombs land into the eyes and explode and lights the eyes up. Which was a little strange, because when I saw a broken bridge, I'm like, all right, well, this is this is a bit of platforming, right? You need to not fall in the holes on the bridge. But, but that doesn't make a ton of sense, because you're not actually jumping, right? The game's going to auto-jump over the holes anyway, so... I guess in retrospect, maybe I should have realized that there was a secondary function of those holes because there's no real point to just have broken sections in a bridge. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the next uh, boss that we take on is the uh, the King Dodongo. Um, this boss is easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought this boss was pretty easy. Uh, so uh, you're in a... Uh, a lava-filled area, uh, and you only have a certain amount of space to go. It's basically a racetrack around this area. And uh, he likes to roll up in a ball sometimes and, and roll around this track, and you have to dodge out of his way. But there are times where he faces you and opens his big mouth to inhale, and you throw a bomb down his gullet, and it blows up and stuns him. And you you can then run up to him and slash him a few times with your sword, rinse and repeat, and it's over. Yep, nice inviting big mouth, so it was nice and easy to <laughs> deposit those bombs. Yeah. So taking him out, uh, gets a new heart piece, and uh, we also return back to uh, the chief of the Gorons. And he gives us the ruby. Two down, one to go. Easy enough. Yep, he's much happier now. Yep. Do we, do we ever come back to... I mean, without uh, I don't necessarily want the game spoiled, but, you know, this, this as a dungeon and as a people, right? Like, these people are really here to give some character to a dungeon so that you get the ability to bomb. Do you ever interact with these Gorons again? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So it, then, then it negates kind of that 
Dead Space issue that I have of, you know, it's just a bunch of sequential things that you do, and whether you do three of them or ten of them, it's just how long the game is. Like, if there's some reason to interact with these again, then that was, like, your your first encounter with them, and then that's going to have bearing on subsequent encounters. Right. So, yeah, no, we, we, you'll definitely be back and seeing him. Okay. Um, I'll take that, take that as a positive. So, up next... We have to go meet the Zoras. The Zoras are the water people of uh, Hyrule. And uh, we have to go to the uh, the Zora Kingdom, Zora Lake area. can't remember what it's actually called. But, um, yeah, we have to go down the river. Um, and this, Matt, you alluded to it earlier. Um you have to use chickens. <laughs> you have to use chickens to, to, to traverse this area. Also, using chickens to reach heart pieces. Uh, I was able to get enough heart pieces to get me another container. So I was happy uh, about that. I, I haven't gotten the organic one yet that you, that you basically build through pieces. Yeah. I think I've got what you need four. I think I've got two or three. Yeah, you got to get four. Uh, I have currently five, I believe. But, um, yeah. Uh, Did get some magic beans along the way? Yeah, you bought some magic beans. Yep. You know what to do with those magic beans? Make a beanstalk, get to the heavens. There you go. Have you planted any? I did plant them right next to him. Yeah, okay. Uh, That beanstalk spread. Keep in mind, every time you buy some from him, they go up in price. Oh, all right. I bought two. I, at this, this point, I had realized that I was maxed out on rupees. I'm like, well, I might as well spend them somewhere. Yeah. I figured figured this guy could use some extra rupees. There you go. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I bought a, probably about four or five off of them, I think. Can't remember. But, um, yeah. Planted, I've planted a few so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen one or two other places to plant them, but it was before I had them. So now, now that I do, I can... You know, when I come across them again, I'll definitely be planting. There you go. But uh, yeah, uh, so we got to go to uh, the Zoras, going through uh, this waterfall area here, uh, going up the river. Uh, finally, make it to the uh, Zora. It's almost like a cavern that's filled with water. Yeah. Um, I actually really like this area. It's cool. Yeah, me too. Um, and- Especially because they look like aliens. Yeah, yeah, they do. They uh, they they are thinned water aquatic people. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's a couple things we have to do here, uh, and I once again forgot about this and had to look up a fact on what to do first because uh, going and talking to the king of the Zoras, uh, he is worried about his daughter, and he doesn't know where she is. And that's all he keeps saying. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where to go here. Yeah. So uh, I had to look at a fact. And uh, you have to play a game with one of the Zoras. Uh, it's a diving game where you have to go collect these rupees. And if you do it in a certain amount of time, he gives us a special little uh, item. Um, this item allows Link to breathe underwater longer, which means he can dive deeper underwater. Uh, and in doing so, there is actually a little underwater 
cavern that Link can go through. Uh, and in doing that, it warps him to Lake Hylia. Uh, and that is the next step in our little quest. Once again, I do not know how I figured this out as a kid. Yep. And that was going to be my question to you is how was I supposed to know that this sequence of events is what I needed to do? It doesn't ostensibly have anything to do with his daughter. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where these games back in the day would require you to just talk to everybody. Yeah, exactly. I, I was like, all right, in games of this day, you had to talk to everybody and you just had to do everything that you could do. Yeah. And kind of note the one thing that you couldn't do or the one thing that was an oddity and then go back and do it, yeah. you know, when you can or, or follow whatever path opens up to you regardless of whether it feels like it's connected to your goals or not. Yeah. Investigate every thing that bubbles in the water, you know, every every person you have to talk to, you know, even, you know, when, when I there's this big fish later i'm like all right i stood there i guess i'll just do everything i'll check through my inventory and try and use everything i've got um <laughs> yeah i mean that that that's the kind of thing i'm like all right i i get that i i wouldn't really hold that against this because it was you know th this is just what you did at the time but i'm like i don't know that i have the time to do that yeah so i um all right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it when we get to it. But So when we make it to Lake Hylia, um, there's a bottle in the, in, the, in the lake. When you pick it up, there's a message inside of it from the king's daughter um, saying that she is inside Jabu Jabu. So we go back to the Zora Kingdom, show that letter to the um, king, and he's like, oh, no. She's been swallowed up by Jabu Jabu. Please go get her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he moves out of the way in what takes a 30 second. I was like, oh my God, I got to sit here and watch him move. Yeah. I, I was like, I assume this is meant to be a, a joke, like a, a comedic moment. I, I would assume, but I was just like, okay. That's that's far enough. Like the Family Guy epically long fist fights. Yeah, I I could not. I was like, oh okay. It's funny just because it goes on so long. I think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so we uh, we come out through the back of the the like little cave kingdom area there, and we are standing on a dock where a beached giant fish named Jabu Jabu is sitting there. Now, fun fact, there's been multiple places that we haven't talked about where I will find a rock and I'll be able to throw a bomb at it now. And sometimes it unveils a hole that I can fall through. And sometimes I find these little areas that usually contain maybe a small chest with some rupees in it. But there's also been some places where there have been uh, like little ponds that have fish in it. Now, I've collected three bottles so far. 
And I was like, I know I can catch one of these fish. I remember catching fish a long time ago when I was a kid. I'm going to catch a fish. Because I remember catching a fish for some reason. Can you catch other animals too? I know that there are, right, the, the sculptulas, but uh, at least once in this game I've seen like baby spiders. Yes. Can you put a baby spider in the bottle as well? Yes, you can collect bugs as well. Okay. There's also one other very important thing that you can keep in a bottle, and it's something Water. that will come in handy. Potions. Uh, potions are one of them. Uh, I got one of them because I went to Lon Lon Ranch. Met up with the farmer dude that was asleep, and he gave me some Lon Lon milk. Lon Lon milk is nice because you can take a swig of it, and it fills five hearts. And you can have two gulps out of it before it's empty. So you basically, at this point in the game, have an instant heal. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And then afterwards, you have an empty bottle, which you can then take back to Lon Lon Ranch to get filled with Lon Lon milk. Or... Better yet, you can sometimes run into little floating fairies. Capture a fairy, keep it in the bottle with you. Doesn't matter if it's on your inventory or what. If you release a fairy from the bottle and you walk up to it, it will instantly fully heal you. Oh, I did not know that. Better yet, if you were to die... If you are to get killed in battle and you have a fairy in a bottle with you, the fairy then leaves the bottle and then instantly revives you with full health. You get an extra life. Yeah, that's that's quite the bonus. <laughs> yes. So always keep a fairy in a bottle with you because you never know when you might need it because I needed it for this boss. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah um so just so happened i had a fish with me did you just look at the fact for this <laughs> yeah it told me to get a fish where did you go get a fish uh back just just back in where the king is uh-huh so down a level there was just a little pond to the side where there was fish in it. Gotcha. So yeah, it's required in order to get inside the next dungeon, which is Jabu Jabu's belly. We have to drop a fish in front of him. He then wants to eat it, and in doing so, sucks in Link as well. And now we are inside the belly of the beast. And that is our third dungeon. Uh... This place uh, is all about electricity. Uh, yep. There are multiple things that are uh, electrified, uh, multiple enemies that are electrified. Hitting those enemies will shock Link and do damage. Um, so the That's why I like that stick. So the stick doesn't uh, shock you? Yeah, the stick. Like if I, because I maybe it's just the length of the stick, not the fact that it's wood. But in my mind, I'm like, well, the wood's not going to conduct the electricity. Let me, you know, let me swing. So I was able to, you know, to kill some of the enemies with a wooden stick without getting electrocuted. Whereas sw swinging my sword at it. Yeah, I, I think it is because the sword is made of metal. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I that's what I assumed. Because that plays a big part in Breath of the Wild as well. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, so uh, the the one big thing is that we have an escort mission in this game because uh, I can't remember what her name is, but the uh, the Zora princess is stuck inside this belly. And we have to escort her, a.k.a. we have to carry her all around this freaking dungeon. Ruto. Ruto. And this was the this was the first dungeon that required us to do a good amount of backtracking. Um, so this one is multiple floors. There's two floors of this one, maybe three. can't remember. Um, felt, felt like three. I think there was three, yeah. Uh, and, uh, we have to solve puzzles with, uh, not only our equipment that we have, but also by using Ruto. So we can have her sit on a switch that opens a door and we can then go through the door and then come back. If for any reason you leave her, she sometimes disappears and goes back to her starting area. <laughs> And that got annoying. It happened twice with me, and I was like, "God bless it." <sighs> but I would have had a tough time with this dungeon without the feck. I think you think so. Yeah, yeah. I did Bet- I, between that kind of thing where I don't know how long I can leave her. I don't know if she's going to stay. Sometimes she's angry at me. You know, we got to go through certain holes, and there's different holes in the floor. Uh, I, I'm not. Sh- yeah, I mean, I. I want, I want to say I hope I would have figured this out, but it seemed, uh, you know, in, in retrospect, it doesn't look that complicated. But, you know, when I first got in there, I'm like, oh, man, all these rooms look the same and they're all intestines are all kind of moving a bit. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of like, I mean, I, I guess the fact that there's a map is it's super helpful here. But, uh, you know, just looking at, the, you know, going room to room to room, I'm like, I, I don't know where I am relative to even where else I've been in, in this dungeon. Yeah. It's it, it can be difficult. It reminded me of I know you never played Kingdom Hearts. There is a uh, in Kingdom Hearts one, you go through the uh, uh, the the whale from Pinocchio. Ah uh, yes. Fun fact: I have that currently reinstalled. No, oh, gonna go play through it yourself, huh? Maybe, probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, well, get ready because that's the worst freaking uh, level in uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Monastro, Monastro, Monstro, Monstro. Yeah, sucked. Um, but yeah, this would kind of remind me of it. Uh, but yeah, being in the world serpent. Oh yeah, just being inside a monster that's still living. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, the 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 big takeaway here is uh, the new item, which is the boomerang. Uh, the boomerang, which has been a staple in all the Zelda games, uh, is uh, an item that stuns enemies for a short while. So when you hit an enemy with a boomerang, it usually stuns them in place kind of thing. Yeah, I was a big fan because I'm like, look, now I don't have to worry about wasting all my ammo on a lot of the flying creatures. Yeah. Because it, it would either kill them outright or it would stun them and knock them to the ground and I could slash them. There you go. Uh, and it's also a nice way to take care of electric enemies in the game. Yep. Uh, it also helps us with solving puzzles. Because if you hit things with the boomerang, 
uh, it stops them in place, which we've run into a few of these, um, I'll call them jelly platforms <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that you can hit and that stuns them in place. So you can then walk on them. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but let's say you kill one of those gold scatullas and they drop that little coin, throw your boomerang at it. It brings the coin to link. I, I did find that out because I, I, I've, I've seen more of them, obviously, than I've killed. Right. Right. At one point, I was like, oh, I'm going to get every one of these. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be lost in this game enough, so I'm not going to not going to go out of my way to spend a lot more time doing something that I don't think is necessary. But I did have one in here that I killed, and the, the little skull coin stayed up on the wall, and I'm like, but oh, wait a minute! Why didn't it fall to the ground? What am I supposed to do here? <laughs> I can't have find. I can't have killed this thing and not not had a way to get my reward unless I was just supposed to wait for it to crawl to the ground before I killed it. So I just kind of hoped that the boomerang would count. And uh, yeah, it did. So. Yep. And you get an item later on that also does that as well. Mm. Uh, bring stuff to you uh, because uh, I'll. I'll I don't know how how far did you make it? Did you just finish this dungeon and quit? Uh, I made it a little bit further. Okay. You know, there's the next kind of story beat, and then you know, five or ten minutes beyond that. Gotcha. Has something big happened? Uh, yes. Okay. At the entrance to the castle. Uh, yes. So that that happens. You're getting close to it. I don't think you know what happens in this game, Matt. I, I do not. I have not been spoiled. If there is a twist in this game, I do not know it. There is a major twist, and we're about to get to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, all the items that we uh, have been getting through all these dungeons, aside from one, will become inaccessible. So, I know you really enjoy... Is it because we're going to have the power of the gods? Once we... It's, be, it's because it's be it, well. You'll find out. Okay. It's because we we we're, we're going to be a different person. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Interesting. Uh, but yeah. Um, the boss for this one. Uh. Jellyfish tentacle octopus thing? Yeah, I guess there's there's the mini boss, right, where you fight the giant octopus that chases you around the room? Yeah, that was annoying as shit. That was annoying because of the teeth on the center platform. I kept rolling into them. Yeah. So the guy didn't hurt me, but I was hurting myself trying to move fast enough to catch up to him. This This was the one where I had to use my fairy. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I was just like, I can't catch this guy fast enough to hit him in the back. Yeah, I did get fairly low. I got at least down to a heart or less and then was having like heart palpitations because of the beeping. I was like, all right, I know I'm almost dead. Thank you. Where? Welcome to Zelda, boss. <laughs> every, this isn't helping. Every Zelda game, when you get down to one or two hearts, it goes, every single game. Yep. Does it that way. I was like well aware. Yeah. 
so um but yeah uh had yeah we have that the mini boss and then we have the last boss which is the i feel like this isn't even spelled it's supposed to be an anemone right this is it it says it's an anemone i guess a play on enemy maybe an enemy i'm not entirely sure or maybe it's just a typo but uh yeah it's like a, a jellyfish weird thing electrified had to use the boomerang pretty much for this this entire fight um had to stun it uh going slash a few times it throws up these weird like tentacle barriers that, that fly around it so you have to take off the barriers first so you can hit the center part of it yep but then after doing so uh Attack it with a sword until it's dead. Get another heart piece. We then uh, go back to behind Jabu Jabu. That's where we warp to. We're like yeah. We're like swimming. I think Jabu Jabu throws us up. Yep. And uh, that's where uh, Ruto gives us the uh, sapphire gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, we got uh, we got all three gems. Now we got to go back to Princess Zelda. Tell her, hey, we've we've completed our quest. We win. And um, as we make our way back to Hyrule Castle, uh, we get a cutscene with uh, a a storm taking place. Anonymous music and a single horse coming through the castle uh, walls going across the moat and uh, on the horse is none other than the mysterious Ganondorf with Princess Zelda riding with him and she does not look happy about it no uh, she's getting stolen she throws something from the horse which lands in the uh, moat below. Uh, we go and collect whatever it was and kind of find out it's actually an ocarina. I'm going to throw it back. Thanks, I already got one. Yeah. Got one in the forest. Don't need yours, princess. But this one's cool and blue, and it has a Triforce symbol on it. And it's also called the Ocarina of Time. Yep, which uh, I, I can imagine does lead to some interesting things happening given that it's the ocarina of time and also the name of the game yes so this is this is a major major item in the game that we will be using constantly uh and that is where i stopped i'm assuming that's where you stopped as well matt yep basically so the next order of business is going to the temple of time which is in the uh castle town uh, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, the fact that you have not been spoiled on what happens in this game, I think, is fantastic. I uh, mean, I I assume it's time travel. Yes, obviously in the name. It, yeah, it would have to be more than that, or else it wouldn't be worth mentioning. I think. So let me ask you this. I'm going to play Jay Lee for a second here. 
What do you think happens? Uh... I'm going to – so one thing that could be cool is if you went way back into when – like the, we had the cutscene on the on the three gods. Like if we went back to when they were arriving and somehow did something, started this prophecy of sorts. Okay. Um, that would be my first – thing the other uh, you know another potential could be so in you know in, in that thinking a little bit like xenogears right where it plays xenogears and we're playing on these two titans that were locked in battle i'm like well what if we went back to when they were fighting um if we went the other direction maybe i'd think Let's see if Kane's style. Maybe we flash forward and Ganondorf's one, and we need to then do something in the future, uh, or find something out in the future that we can then use against him. Come back to the present and then stop him from winning. Okay. Or doing something to Zelda. All right. Those are kind of maybe two options. Okay. Well, we'll and see. I hope he doesn't give up and go the butterfly effect to be like, nope, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back into the womb and not going on this adventure. <laughs> yep. I guess we'll see. Uh, there's three what, options. Yeah, there, there's three options there. <laughs> give up and go home. But, uh, yeah, well, you, we're, we're going to find out legit like in the next 20 minutes <laughs> oh. of the game. But, uh, yeah, uh, we do have an email, so I want to read that off. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Comes in from Dustin. Uh, the uh, subject line is Zelda is the guy, right? <laughs> says, uh, hey guys, uh, congrats on game 100. That's awesome. And what better way to celebrate than playing one of the best games ever made? Let's see if it holds up. My history with the game is reading about it in Nintendo Power, and I don't know if I pre-ordered it at Walmart or if I just bought it day one. It blew me away as a kid. I remember learning the controls of the Z-targeting and exploring the opening village, trying to find my sword and shield so I could get to the Deku tree that ended up being the first dungeon that I probably spent a few hours in as a kid. To finally uh, getting to Hyrule Field and being overwhelmed at how big it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now going back to it, Hyrule Field seems so small, and the dungeon only took, what, 20 minutes? <laughs> I am playing the GameCube Master Quest version on my Wii. It took me a little bit to get adjusted to the controls, and I kind of missed the N64 controller for that Z-targeting. It feels weird tapping the L bumper. Uh, the first dungeon, I didn't really notice anything different, but the second dungeon, I knew where I had to progress, and there were three silver coins, and I figured there were two more coins in boxes, but I didn't have a bomb bag or bomb flowers that I could get them to break them, so I had to look up a walkthrough, and holy crap, my dungeon is way different from yours. And dummy me, why didn't I try rolling into the box? <laughs> 
it's always the simplest thing you overlook. So that was my first holdup. Beat this game probably three or four times as a kid, but it's been a long time since I've done a full playthrough. Uh, I knew I had to go uh, to the lake next because that's where the Zoras are, right? Way wrong! There's my second failure. I had to look up where to go since I couldn't figure out how to dive deep enough in the lake to get the bottle. I forgot it's the Zora River you go to get to, to get to their domain. That was the word I was looking for, domain. <laughs> I kept saying kingdom. Anyway, uh, I got to Jabu Jabu pretty easy once I found their domain, but it made me wonder how long it took me as a kid to figure out some of these things like feeding him a fish. The third dungeon is nuts. I literally have cows stuck in the wall, which act like switches I have to shoot with my slingshot, and they moo. Master Quest sounds insane. Is that is that a specific difference? So what is the difference on the Master Quest version? So according to what I looked up, the Master Quest version is a more difficult version of Ocarina of Time. Oh. <laughs> where they change up the dungeons to require you to do other things on top of the things you have to do. Mm, interesting. So, uh, looking at the videos, my dungeons are the same layout, just different placements for chests and different fodder enemies and completely different route. Okay. I haven't noticed it being any harder yet. I've died twice, mainly due to learning the controls again, which now I have the hang of. I haven't done much exploring yet, since I don't feel the need since I 100%ed this as a kid, but this game has some great side missions Matt should definitely try to do. So far, I think it holds up. There's some quality of life adjustments I wouldn't mind. Maybe they're in the 3DS remake. Other than that, it's amazing how this game just sucks you in. It truly is one of the best games, and I can't wait to see what other dungeons throw at me in the Master Quest mode. Dustin. Yeah, um, that that was going to be... I, I know there are side quests. My One of my big questions was going to be whether they are worth doing. Because, you know, whenever I see kind of an open-ish world, like we could have gone down to the lake super early... Um, it makes me think that there would be some side missions and some backtracking and some reason, especially, you know, again, without having played the Zelda games, it, it the fact that you're getting these unique pieces of equipment throughout the game, right? A lot of games do that where you can't access something until you come back to it later. So I imagine that there's a lot of hidden areas and side missions and quests and stuff like like the chicken, wrangling the chickens, but uh, I, it's one of the reasons I would have considered this an RPG, just to go back to that point. Right. <laughs> if there are kind of quests and side quests. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, it's another reason I don't want to try and rush through this, right? Because if we rush through it, I'm going to be forced to mainline it, and I'd like to at least attempt a, a few of these side missions along the way. Absolutely. And I think you should. There's some really good ones in here. Um, and like, the mask stuff, I mean, the mask trading is insane, but, I mean, I can't remember what the payoff is, uh, but um, th there's there's a ton of stuff to do in this game, not just, you know, going through dungeons and stuff like that. Yeah. 
but uh yeah it's it's definitely something to to consider um and and like I said, this is game one hundred we can take as much time as we want to to beat this you know it doesn't have to be by the end of January through this you know we can we can take a whole we can take a whole episode and just talk about side stuff that we do because there's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested. I mean, as, as soon as I see a village as well, right, with lots of things to buy and, you know, it, there's definitely more to explore than I than I have done so far. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel about this game so far? Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, starting this game was such a, a bit of a roller coaster, right? Because I'm like, this is a game that I've heard about and thought about for decades and literally never played. So... You know, there, there's so much, so much love for it, so much nostalgia for it that, you know, I I I was eager to get into it, but given that I don't have the nostalgia for it, I, you know, I was concerned that the ravages of time might be bigger issues for me than they would be for somebody replaying it for the, especially for the you know third or fourth time. Coupled with the fact that the the, the last time I gave Zelda, uh, maybe not the college try, but the uh, you know, freshman try maybe, was with Breath of the Wild, and I just wasn't that enthused. But I didn't get far enough in it. You know, there's a lot of a lot of thoughts and emotions that went around that game too, given how you know how well it was reviewed, and then I played. I'm like. I don't know what to do. This is, you know, this is remind. Maybe there's a reason I never played a Zelda game. You know, this is reminding me of why I never liked Western RPGs. Maybe this is why I never played RPGs when I was, you know, 18. And I, you know, I just, I'm like, oh, there's, there's so many potential ways I am not going to like this game. Breath of the Wild is unlike any other Zelda game. On top of. It's so massive that even I am overwhelmed when I play that game. I've only probably put about three hours into Breath of the Wild. I am playing currently a game that is a lot like Breath of the Wild, but it is wrangled in a better way than I I believe, which may be blasphemy to people, but Immortals Phoenix Rising... Mm is the breath of the wild I wish breath of the wild was because uh, cuz that was almost my 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 PS5 game choice <laughs> it is fantastic i it may be my game of the year i'm not kidding it, wow. it 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 is it is that good i have i have put more time into that than i have breath of the wild which is sad because i love zelda i love every one of them but Man, like, it just feels like a more restrained Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is like, it's scary. Just the amount of stuff that you can do in that game and just go wherever you want to. Immortals is Breath of the Wild. It has the exact same setup. Go wherever you want to, but the difference is this game kind of points you, hey, this is your main quest. You can go here whenever you feel like it, and you can do all this side stuff if you feel like it. And that's the way I like it. With Breath yep. of the Wild, there wasn't much. It was like, yeah, you can go here, and this is where you'll continue your story. But it took a long time for that story to start. 
Yeah, that that was kind of my number one issue. I I would you know I would say roughly I put in four hours into it. Two hours I did stuff and I you know I checked out a a little dungeon and I had some battles. And then I feel like I spent about an hour and a half to two hours wandering around. I think going in a whole long section that I couldn't go in. And just I, I was like, well, I feel like I've just wasted a lot of time. And I guess I could keep wasting time until I figure out what I should be doing. Or I'll just go to a game that tells me better what I should be doing. Yeah. I, I most certainly want to go back to Breath of the Wild and beat it. I still yeah. own my copy on the Wii U of all things. I still own a Wii U, um, and I want to play that game all the way through because I enjoy what I played of it. But yep. but Immortals has hooked me. Like that's my game that I'm playing when I'm not playing Zelda right now. Uh interesting. Like, I I am in love with that game, and it's got humor. Some of it falls flat, but a lot of it's like, ah, this is fun. Yeah, lighthearted. It's very lighthearted. Um, and they really push the whole Greek mythology stuff. You're, you're, yep. dealing, you're dealing with all the gods of Greek mythology. And all the items you get are from Greek mythology. So, it's, it's, it's great. Um, going back to Ocarina of Time, it's like I never... I never left. Yeah. Okay. That's that, you know, that, I guess that was my, you know, for me, I had all, I had a lot of mixed emotion, desperately wanting to try it, you know, desperately hoping I didn't dislike it. But, and I was curious coming back to it that, you know, that's, that's the other side of the equation is what is it like if you haven't played it in ages and you, you know, it, you maybe remember it, not every detail, but, I, um, I still think this is a fantastic game. Yeah, I, you know, g- g- given all those kind of fears that I won't like it, I, I am actually really enjoying this game. Um, it it's very charming, and I feel like the number one reason for that are the is the sound effects. Like, I mean, the the visuals certainly look much better on the 3ds than they do on the 64 version. Oh yeah. Right, it's a lot more detailed. It's a lot more vibrant. Um, but it, it's really every time I like encounter something, every time I unlock a door, open a chest, I hear that sound. I'm like, that is exactly the right sound. <laughs> I mean, That's, this, you know, yeah. somehow I know all these sounds without having played this game. Yep, everybody knows those sounds. That is, yeah. and you yep. know, the the opening of a chest. Everybody knows that sound. Um. It's so good. Even even the 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 screams of Link as he's swinging his sword. Yep. It's uh it's so good. Like I I I adore this game. I it's been a long time since I've ever I've actually thought about Ocarina of Time, but going back and playing it, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I I was reassured. I was like, yeah, Ocarina of Time is a great game, right? And as soon as I did the Deku Tree, I was like, yeah, yep, I'm one hundred percent correct. This game is still a great game because it had been so long since I've ever I even thought about it, and yeah, it's gosh, it's so good. the The only issue, you know, obviously, it has that 1998 feel of you have to go talk to everybody. 
you have to, you know, there's one way to fix this problem and we're not going to tell you how to do it. Yeah. And it may take four steps to get the thing you need to fix it. Yeah. And we're yeah. not, so, not going to tell that, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to make sense and we're not going to tell you what they are, but. Yeah, I mean that, that that's really my only issue w- with it so far. I you know, I really like that you know, I I was really surprised that the world felt so cohesive, right that you can see that mountain as soon as you're in Hy- Hyrule Field even though you don't go to it for a while. I I love that the world feels more self-contained and you you know, I I don't inherently love backtracking, but I I like the idea that I'm going to build up familiarity with this world. It's small enough, and you've alluded to big enough changes that I assume we're going to go elsewhere, not just these five locations, since we've already kind of done the lake, and we've done the river, and we've done the mountain. So no, wherever these other... No, we haven't. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You, that's the thing, is like, we're not done with the lake. We're not done with the forest, Yep. We're going to go back to all of these places and it's going to be new stuff. So yeah. and and I, this game in this in in this with the size of this map, I really like that because it if you just blew through it, I don't know, it wouldn't have the same permanence. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't recognize it, you know, in the way that you get like good level design in in Bloodborne because you go back to the same areas with a twist or with a shortcut or you know, I, I, I hope that there's some backtracking in this game, and you know, I wouldn't say that in most games because of because of the abilities and because that's that's kind of what I expect. They've already, you know, th- there's already been some of that, and I, I expect there will be more, and I expect that that will build up my familiarity and and kind of love with with, with the areas that we've been in in the, in the in the kind of the world here, Hyrule. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely gonna get a lot more of that. I, I I get the feeling by the end of this, you're gonna love this game. Yeah, I'm 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 happy so far. I because I I had a lot of nervousness that my I at this point in the game I was just gonna be like, look, this isn't for me <laughs> because it's old, because it's an RPG, because it's a Zelda, whatever. It's just not for me. Uh, but that you know that's absolutely not the case. I I find this game quite quite charming. Yeah. If you find this one charming, I get the feeling you're gonna. If you don't love this game, you'll like it. Wind Waker will be your game because I feel like you got you got people you can you can like all of them, but <laughs> but one of them's gonna be a person's favorite. And I found that if 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 the old school link to the past isn't it, it's usually Ocarina of Time. If it's not Ocarina of Time. Then it's Wind Waker, because Wind Waker changes the game completely. It changes the art style. It changes yeah, your traversal. It changes everything, but still remains Zelda. Um, Wind Waker is a fantastic game. In fact, I, I, it's not. It, it's probably my second favorite game I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there length of the past is an amazing game but I don't think it's I think it's like my third favorite 
Twilight Princess is great too, and it does not get enough praise. Yep. Twilight Princess is great. Um, Skyward Sword is the only Zelda game I have never finished. Besides Breath of the Wild, obviously. I yep. don't like Skyward Sword. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's not really an endorsement to be the one that you haven't finished. Yeah, well, I just, I don't. It, it uses Wii controls, and it's it's not how I want to play a Zelda game. You have to swing your sword by swinging the Wii remote. And it's garbage. They implemented far too much motion control in that to the point where, like, puzzle solving as well as combat, you have to swing upward or you have to swing down or you have to swing horizontal. I don't care about that. I just want to push a button and swing my damn sword. Yeah. Yeah, I I can certainly understand that, and, and certainly understand why had they really focused a lot more on the you know the 3D and the and the motion control in this game that it would have could have distracted from it. Oh yeah. But yeah, any more thoughts, Matt? Um, I mean, those are my. I think those are the main ones. You know, I I, I do. I do enjoy it. I I actually wasn't expecting there to be much of a twist or story, to be honest, because of how simplistic the story's been so far. The story um, so, remains rather simplistic. Yeah. But there is there is some some major story beats that that change the world of this game. I mean, completely. So it's, I think you're in for a treat, man. I think, I think you're going to like this little twist. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm more eager to jump back in now, even than I was before. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us. We've, we've ran two hours talking about Zola, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, if you would like to send us an email, please do. I know there's people out there playing with us. And even if you're not playing with us, give me your Zelda memories. I want to hear them. Yeah. This is a big one for us. It's uh, Drew at ZTGD.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at Drew Leachman. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Uh, heck of a podcast uh, this week. Um, I'm going to keep an eye out on the um, on the ZTGD Phoenix Down Twitter. I'm going to post how far we're going to try and make it for the next episode, so that way everybody knows where to kind of stop. I'm assuming we're going to do two dungeons per episode going forward because they get nothing but longer and more <laughs> complex. Yeah, I, I expected that. Yeah, you're going to spend upwards to an hour in a dungeon rather hmm. than rather than, you know, 20 minutes tops kind of thing. Yep. So, yeah. Um but get ready for that. Uh I'm excited to see how, how like, 
I'm to a point now where I don't remember anything else. The only thing... I, I remember how to get to a dungeon, but it's not like f until probably the next four dungeons. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the, the, the layout of the rest of the game. Cause I yeah. can't, I can't actually remember it. So we'll see. Mm, interesting. Yeah. But until next time I am drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we will be back next week with the continuation of The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. <laughs>